You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, March 21st. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. Two teenagers have been arrested in connection with an alleged armed robbery in downtown Sitka late Saturday night. Shortly before midnight on Saturday, 19-year-old John Brandon Horner Raphael and an unnamed 17-year-old allegedly entered Ernie's saloon on Lincoln Street in downtown Sitka and attempted to steal the DJ's tip jar. According to court documents, the 17-year-old entered the bar through the back door wearing a ski mask, while Horner Raphael waited in the back alley armed with a handgun. The juvenile allegedly grabbed the cash from the DJ's tip jar and ran. Two bar patrons chased them to the intersection of American and Race Street in an attempt to recover the money. At that point, Horner Raphael brandished a handgun at one of the patrons before the pair fled the scene, according to a sworn statement by Sitka Police Sergeant Lance Ewers. Ewers located the alleged robbers on Oya Street walking toward Baranoff Elementary School. Ewers arrested the 17-year-old, but Horner Raphael remained on the loose until a community tip led to his arrest around 10.30 a.m. on Sunday. Around 1 a.m., police obtained a search warrant for the home where the 17-year-old was living. They found an orange backpack with cash from the bar, a $20 and a $10 bill, both ripped and unusable, and a $1 bill. Bar manager Peter Menendez told police that they put their ripped and damaged money inside the tip jar to encourage people to add cash to the pot. Horner Raphael pleaded not guilty in Sitka Superior Court on Monday. He was charged with one count of armed robbery with a deadly weapon, a Class A felony, and one count of assault in the third degree for causing fear of injury with a weapon, a Class C felony. No one was injured, according to a statement from bar manager Menendez on the Ernie's Saloon Facebook page. Menendez thanked Sitka police for their fast response. A fishing vessel that overturned just outside of a Sitka harbor this weekend was refloated early Monday morning. Around 1 p.m. on Saturday, the Coast Guard responded to a vessel that had capsized at the entrance to Crescent Harbor in downtown Sitka. Coast Guard marine science technician Alicia Helton was at the scene. She said all four passengers on the fishing vessel Ocean Cape managed to get quickly off the boat with the help of some Good Samaritans. No injuries were reported. There were quite a few members of the community that were there on scene immediately after it happened, and they helped the crew get off the vessel and and make sure everything was okay. And throughout the response, we had lots of community members that came to the site to help out where they could. It was a really good show of small-town support. By the time the Coast Guard arrived, the crew of the Ocean Cape was already working with a local marine salvage operator. Helton says Hanson Maritime worked to secure the boat's fuel vents and contained spilled fuel and oil with floating booms. The crews continued throughout the day to remove fuel from the stern tanks at low tide, and they were able to recover approximately 800 gallons of oil and oily water from the vessel between Saturday and Sunday. The boat was refloated early Monday morning and returned to its stall at Crescent Harbor with some damage to its hull that's still being assessed. The cause of the accident is still under investigation, but Helton said weather conditions likely played a role. Saturday was was pretty windy, and, and from what we've been told, it sounds like the wind played a pretty significant role in the vessel rolling over to its side. The Ocean Cape is owned by fisherman Chris Yested, who also serves on the Sitka Assembly. In an email to KCAW, Yested expressed his appreciation for everyone who offered assistance at the scene and with a salvage operation. Ketchikan is expecting nearly 1.5 million cruise passengers to visit this summer. If projections hold, it would be Ketchikan's biggest cruise season to date. According to the latest draft schedule, Ketchikan's cruise season kicks off on April 20th with the arrival of the Norwegian Bliss in Ward Cove. 
That's one of the largest cruise ships that sail in Alaska waters, carrying up to 4,000 passengers. About a quarter of the season's passengers are scheduled to arrive at Ward Cove, the private terminal eight miles north of downtown. Some Fridays during the summer months will see a total of seven large cruise ships tie up in the Ketchikan area, though only six are scheduled to be in town at any one time. Ketchikan city leaders are soliciting feedback ahead of the cruise season. The city is taking online comments about the cruise ship calendar through March 31st. Those will be shared with Cruise Line Agencies of Alaska, the company that handles scheduling. City officials are also soliciting comments on downtown traffic, parking, pedestrian access, and more with a separate online form. City Manager Delilah Walsh said Thursday that the city is not considering any major traffic changes in the immediate future, but is open to suggestions. If there's something that we can incorporate for 23, that's great. If not, I plan to do something similar in September or sometime postseason in order to get feedback for real changes that we can make in 2024 where we're not in a, this crunch time schedule. She said the city's biggest traffic priority is ensuring that loading and unloading zones are designated. Altogether, Ketchikan is expecting 632 port calls throughout the season. The last call downtown is scheduled for October 5th, but ships will continue to call on Ward Cove at least two days a week through the end of the season on October 27th. Wrangell's school district is looking at downsizing to one school building in the coming years as enrollment declines and prices rise. The school board, borough assembly, and community members say it's not a decision to be taken lightly. But as KSTK's Sage Smiley reports, the district is running out of ways to save money. Bankruptcy isn't really an option for a school district. Throughout the country, only a few districts have gone bankrupt in the last 60 years. So it's up to a district to find solutions or ask the local government for more money. Wrangell School District is trying both. The district's $5 million draft budget requests around $1.6 million from the borough, $725,000 from local taxes, and the remainder via a pass-through of federal money given to former logging communities. But even with that contribution, the district projects it won't quite break even and will absorb a $53,000 deficit with savings. And it's only going to get worse in the coming years. There are financial concerns coming to the school district. Wrangell Superintendent Bill Burr painted a dire picture at a joint work session with the school board and borough assembly on March 6th. We had requested last year for an increase in the contribution because we needed it to break even. And that was cutting positions where people were leaving and we just didn't fill it. Even with that, we were on a razor-thin margin. As you can see, that our reserve is substantially depleted, and won't sustain the principals coming back on board. That's because the district is currently paying the salary and benefits of the elementary and secondary school principals out of a federal pandemic relief grant. But next year, that grant will run out, and the salaries and benefits, which amount to a quarter million dollars, will have to be paid from the school's general fund. Brittany Robbins sits on both the borough assembly and school board, and she suggested an idea that's been floated more and more frequently, consolidating Wrangell's schools. She said the district estimates it would save around $266,000 if it wasn't operating the elementary school building. $260,000 for two principals, which is what we're spending on to operate a single building at a very small capacity. It would mean moving around 130 elementary students to the middle and high school building, which houses about the same number of students.
Enrollment in Wrangell schools dropped precipitously in 2020. The district lost more students per capita than any other district in the state. While numbers have bounced back somewhat, it's still low, and that means less money from the state. Wrangell's special education director, Ryan Howe, serves on the borough assembly. Howe says he's especially concerned about how much the district struggles to retain aides and how little financial wiggle room there is. Litigation is always like an inch away. And if it comes, you can't say as a public institution, we can't afford it. You can't say you can't afford it. If you get a kid come in who needs full-time nursing care, as a public school, you'll pay for it because you can't say you can't play. There are significant roadblocks to a potential school merge. There's very little parking at Wrangell Secondary Schools, which are more centrally located than the elementary school. Teacher Arlene Wilson represented elementary school teachers and students at the meeting. She brought up a host of other issues and questions. Toilets for the secondary schools aren't designed for small students. Would there be a library for younger students? What about crosswalk safety in the busier downtown area? What about storage for multiple subjects worth of materials in elementary classrooms? Plus, there's no playground. Outside, free space is extremely important for the development of many different physical as well as social-emotional skills. Using the gym for recess does not allow for free play nor does the gym have the equipment needed for developing physical skills in young children. So the district is in a pickle. How does it do what's best for families and students while not running itself financially into the ground? Whatever the district decides will involve a lot of community input, said Mayor Patty Gilbert. Anybody who lived through the moving sixth grade over to middle school, that took a lot of community uh, uh, notice and and uh, meetings and so forth. School board president David Wilson agreed. Plus, he said the district needs to do some research. What if the incoming elementary class sizes balloon? Do we consolidate schools now and then in five years from now say, we don't have the room, we've got to go back to the other building again? Then we're in a big fix there. Teacher and parent Mickey Angerman said the situation is heartrending. When you're talking about there's no perfect answer, you know, Consolidating schools is not a perfect answer, but I don't want to see us also lose more programs. So, you know, which which are you going to pick? Which is a disgusting place for us to have to be. I wish we could do better for our kids. Whether the Wrangell District ultimately decides to consolidate its schools, it won't happen this next school year. But community leadership agrees that all possible solutions to the district's budget woes should remain on the table at least for now. In Wrangell, I'm Sage Smiley. Taking a look at the community calendar. Sitka Tells Tales and Salty Spoke Bicycle Co-op host the local live storytelling series at 7 p.m. today, live on KCAW and in person at Harbor Mountain Brewery. The theme is Dream Cycles, Tales of Visions, Imagination, and Bicycles. Doors open at 6 p.m. The suggested donation is $15. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.